I heard someone say, you know, smooth seas don't make great sailors. And I think that the rough seas have made me a great sailor. <laughs> Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Baloo, and boy, do we have an incredible, exciting guest lined up for you today. This gentleman is one of the superstars of our exclusive mastermind for thought leaders, E-Circle Academy. This gentleman has been someone who used to work in a dreaded J-O-B, figured out it wasn't for him, and became financially independent through the power of real estate investing and has now become a thought leader teaching others to do what he did. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Brian Dion. Welcome to the show, Brian. Hey, thank you so much, Nikki. That is an amazing introduction. I appreciate that. Well, my man, it is truly a pleasure to have you here. And as you know, that's one of our signatures on the show. We give great introductions. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Me too. So I know you well. I mean, we're friends. You've been a member of E-Circle Academy for a couple of years now, and you've done amazing things in, in, in your investment world. You've done amazing things in helping people with your thought leadership, which is one of the reasons we've given you this platform to share that with folks. But the person listening to the show, they may not know who you are. In fact, I'm betting most of them don't. The reason they <laughs> listen to this show, though, is they want to learn from you. They they come and listen to this show to learn from our guests. In their mind, the thought is, man, I'm an entrepreneur. I am somebody who wants to make a difference in the world by sharing my genius, my gifts. And the way that they get the courage to do that is by listening and being inspired by you. But before they can truly give you their listening, give you their heart. They got to find out who you are. So tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be the great Brian Dion? (laughs) The great Brian Dion. I love it. Okay. So, um, you know, uh, everything requires a story, right? There's, uh, these things don't just happen overnight. Um, And, uh, you know, I I could go back to very early in my life and like the things that influenced me back then, but I got to start somewhere and I can't tell you my whole life story. So um, let me just say that uh, um, in my early twenties, I was, I think I was pretty fortunate in, uh, in uh, the career path that I'd chosen and how I was able to move into almost like a dream job pretty pretty quickly for myself. I uh, was looking for an, an information technology type job back when I you know when I when I graduated from school and moved to Toronto, got a decent job um, and then things kind of progressed quickly from there. I was looking for uh, I, I, you know I, I think I've always been very goal set uh, oriented always trying to keep my goals in mind and, and, and make decisions throughout my life or even throughout the day that lead me closer to those goals. And one of the things that I was looking at was, um, 
um, had to get to the top of the ranks in my in my chosen career, which was which at the time was information technology, um, and looked at what some of the top paying jobs were to start off with. So. Um, one of the one of the ones that really struck me was consulting in enterprise applications. For those of you who don't know what that is, um, it's that's uh, almost all of us, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> applications that they use to run large enterprises. Um, so if you want to know how you know big companies like Microsoft survive in the world, they have to have applications that are suited to, for, for for their operations, right? And uh, Microsoft might not ma- actually make the software that they need in order to do that. So at the time, the the biggest uh, in the in the industry was called SAP, a German company that not a lot sure. of people knew about. Hasso Platner, uh, right? That's the guy who was the founder I, of SAP, right? Yes, right. You got it. And I'm trying to remember back at the time who their biggest competitors were. Uh, I know one of them was J.D. Edwards. Um, they focused more on manufacturing companies. Didn't they also and compete with Oracle and Larry Adelson? Oracle wasn't really part of the game then, but okay. they definitely are now. Um, because Oracle ended up buying up everybody. What happened was uh, J.D. Edwards actually bought the company that I uh, I, I worked for uh, originally, a small firm in, in, in Toronto that focused on supply chain management. J.D. Edwards bought them, and then PeopleSoft, which was one of the other competitors yeah, at the yeah, time, bought them. J.D. Edwards. <laughs> and then Oracle bought PeopleSoft, so they kind of just assumed everything. I didn't stick around long enough for that all, the, all those acquisitions to take place, but... Um, I quickly found myself into a consulting role. So, actually, early on in my in my career, um, I was uh, um, I was looking for information technology type type role, but had this idea that one day I will be a consultant. And sure enough, uh, I got working for this small firm downtown Toronto called Numetrics. They were uh, an up and coming uh, company in supply chain management. There were only a handful out there. Uh, one of the consulting managers approached me and said. Brian, you know, you seem to have a decent personality. We think that you could be uh, working with our customers and not just internally. So I said, well, that sounds fantastic. And he said, uh, we have a we have a consulting and sales uh, event coming up. We're all going to be going to this resort in Atlanta for a week, and we'd like you to join us for that. I'm like, wow, that sounds amazing. You know, here I am, barely uh, 20-something years old, and uh, I get this kind of opportunity. And he also said, oh, and by the way, uh, you're going to get a $20,000-plus pay increase for being a junior consultant. How cool is that? (laughs) I thought I had died and gone to heaven. This is just unbelievable. And not only that, when I got to Atlanta, I mean, they're doing things like booking uh, trips at Six Flags uh, Park. We're going rafting on the Chattahoochee. And uh, everywhere we go, there's beer coolers following us. So it was was pretty uh, unbelievable experience for me at the time. And it just grew from there. I mean, I just loved it so much that uh, I was just eating it all up. But then when these mergers happened and, and acquisitions happened, I found myself in a place where uh, all the good people that I loved working with were leaving. And either they were being let go uh, or mostly they just got disgruntled and, and decided to pursue another path. So I was actually pretty inspired by that. And as I was thinking about what I was doing, I'm like, here I am, you know, being told what to do all the time and not really having a, a say of the projects that I work on. And these other guys who now I miss because I'm, I miss working with all the good guys that left have their say of the projects that they work on. They get to name their price even and uh, are certainly having a whole lot more control of their life. You know, it's funny back then, I thought that uh, by pursuing that kind of role, working in de- as an independent consultant was 
was uh, effectively running my own business. Only now do I realize that uh, I was just self-employed. Um, but then there's a big difference. As, as, Absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, uh, for those of you who know the Robert Kiyosaki's uh, employment quadrant, um, I basically went from employee to self-employed. And I thought that I was in business for self, which is totally wrong. Uh, on the right side of the quadrant, you have business for self and then investor. Um, I aspired to be there and I thought that's where I was going, but quickly learned that I wasn't. Initially, because uh, this, this is back around uh, year 2000 and early 2000s when the tech industry was booming and everyone was uh, looking for you know, skilled, uh, skilled workers there, uh, I did have a, a pretty good a selection of projects to work on. And they were just coming in back to back and um, had no problem choosing my rate, choosing my, my company, choosing companies that were closer to home so I didn't have long flights because most of my projects were, uh, actually all of my projects were, were um, not in Toronto. They were um, in, other, in other cities. So um, I really, um, uh, actually trying to make a long story short now, I, I really felt like I had achieved everything that I had planned in my career. And that I was actually working a dream job to the point where I think it was starting to affect my ego a bit. I'm making a lot of money. I'm traveling around the world. I'm uh, schmoozing with uh, uh, pretty amazing people. I'm working for huge companies, reporting usually to director or C-level uh, people there. And thought I was doing I was doing really well until about uh, 2004, when my wife at the time uh, approached me and said that uh, she wanted a divorce. No, which totally took me by surprise. I had no idea that there was was uh, such a problem in our relationship. And um, she said that it wasn't my job, but uh, that I just wasn't uh, I just wasn't, uh, you know, emotionally available, I guess, anymore. You know, when I was home, I wasn't mentally home um, and I was only home on weekends because I was traveling every week. So that's when I realized that uh, if I, I had to look inward and decide what kind of life do I want to have for myself, because I can continue to be a consultant and I can continue to, to work that kind of lifestyle, or I can make some changes and try to uh, maybe balance it somehow or f try to find a way out of it, really. Um, and so I, I actually went through uh, a depressing period. I was I was depressed for probably a better part of a year and uh, really struggled with what it was I wanted to do. I mean, I actually got depressed to the point where I got kicked off my project that I was working on at the time uh, because I just was completely out of it. I didn't know what to do with myself. So I looked at some options. I had some money uh, to invest. I thought maybe if I can invest in some things, invest in some business, maybe live off the interest or the, the proceeds from that, I can make something work. Tried some little things there, worked with a financial advisor as well to help me uh, direct some of my investments. And that was just a, a losing game. Everything just seemed to be not working. And um, I had no job. I had no no income, really. Uh, I was losing money. Money that I thought I was investing to make money was, was quickly getting diminished. And then I got the idea of investing in real estate, uh, which actually wasn't a, a new idea for me. I kind of knew all along that real estate was a good place to, to put money because I'd seen 
actually, even in my early years, even when I was in school, kids were coming to uh, university and their parents were buying them houses. They were renting out rooms in their houses. And even though like me at the time, I was struggling to pay my rent, these guys were actually profiting, which blew my mind. I thought, how can how can these guys <laughs> make money by owning a house and renting out the rooms, right? And and they already come from money, and that was my assumption that it takes money to have money, right? Um, and uh, then at the end, they were selling their houses for big profit, and that was the down payment that they were using to buy a house wherever they were going. Uh, I went to Queens in in Kingston, so um, most of the kids there were either going to Ottawa or or to Toronto. And they had it set. Those those guys that did that were were set. And I was I was struggling. I had a hard time uh, making my rent payments. But I always had that in the back of my mind that uh, if I could move some money from perhaps equity in my house or other funds that I had and put it in real estate, that would be a good way to to do it. So looking for options still, I decided to join the real estate investment club to learn as much as I could. I was reading all kinds of books attending seminars, uh, whatever I could get my hands on. I was, I was trying to get, uh, get as much education on that as I could. And um, then actually did a number of deals while I was I actually got back into consulting in the meantime and uh, was able to make ends meet for a little while and uh, started investing in, in real estate. And uh, it was actually kind of addictive because I did one deal and then I did another deal and I did another deal. And before I knew it, um, within about three years, I had done 12 deals while I was still working full time uh, and even traveling outside of the country. So what I what I learned was that a lot of uh, the time that I was spending and for those of you that have read uh, Tim Ferriss's four hour work week, this may resonate with you. But I realized that I was not really optimally using my time. And uh, if there was a way that I could free up a little bit of time to start investing in real estate or looking for, you know, analyzing real estate deals and that kind of thing, uh, I could find the time to do that. And I found what um, what worked for me was when I was uh, when I was traveling, I was spending all day working for my clients. And then in the evenings, if, especially if I was just by myself, I wasn't with another team to go, you know, hang out and have dinner with them or whatever. I would be back in the hotel room and I would be remotely connecting into another client so I could bill them some hours too. So I, I stopped doing that and then started spending more time just working on learning about real estate and analyzing uh, properties for investment purposes. And I got to be pretty good at it, I think. And after about 12 deals and three years later, I finally made the decision to get out of the work that I was in. And then especially when my daughter was born in 2009, uh, I knew that I had to make this change and focus uh, as much as I could on real estate. So it was a bit of a salary hit at the time, which was kind of scary for me. I was used to the income uh, that I was making. But I also, when I reviewed everything, realized that I could survive on the money that I was making from real estate. And if I had more time to put into real estate, how much better could I, I do there? And I, I realized I could do significantly better. Um, so 12 deals in three years. And then I went to about doing four deals a year uh, after that. And now have uh, a multi-million dollar portfolio and able to live life the way I want. I have uh, a wife and a daughter who I love very much. Uh, I spend as much time with them as I can. Usually, uh, you know, we're getting to the end of summer now. Kids are about to go back to school. Um, I've had uh, an amazing summer uh, spending with my with my daughter, and I had, I can afford to do that now. 
it's an uh, it's an amazing thing. So I mean, I guess I hope that kind of covered it, Nikki. That's it in a in a long nutshell. You know, that's a that's <laughs> a that's an incredible story. I I didn't know all the aspects of it until you just revealed it and shared it with me and with my listener. So let me unpack some of what you said. So first of all, you went through um, uh, a situation where your your then wife said, "Hey, I want a divorce." I can relate to that. Happened to me, <laughs> you know. And it, uh, we've it, shared that a bit. We've shared that with each we other. We have shared that with each other. Yeah, I remember that. That aspect I knew, but it was, it was when you revealed it again today. It just hit me newly because I remember when. I got that news and it was completely out of left field for me at that time too. In retrospect, it shouldn't have been, but it was, right? Mm-hmm. And so that caused you to re-examine your life. Well, I could relate to that because when that happened to me, it caused me to re-examine my life. And then you started to think about what else you could do. And you tried a few things, you dabbled in a few things, and then the idea of doing this through investing in real estate came back to you because it wasn't a new idea for you. But as you started to learn about what would work for you, you started to immerse yourself in this world. You took courses, you read books, you started to acquire mentors and peers and so forth. You didn't do it alone. Hashtag don't do it alone. That's one of my all-time favorite hashtags. It's one I don't think I came up with, but I've certainly helped popularize. Hashtag don't do it alone. There's no way you can do any of this sort of thing alone. And you, my friend, decided to go out there and do it in a big way by surrounding yourself with an ecosystem of success, right? It didn't start off that way. I actually learned that the hard way because I did try to do it on my own and initially, and I was really struggling. And I thought, how can anyone do this. Like it was, it was, uh, costing me so much time and, uh, so much mental effort going into it. And, and actually to me, it was critical that I had uh, a group to work with because as I was traveling all the time, uh, still trying to to work my, my full-time job, I needed those people to be my eyes and ears on the ground, uh, even to help me, you know, look at deals. I even went as far one time as I was supposed to be closing a deal on a Friday. And um, when I was flying back to Toronto, thinking I was going to be making it Thursday night, I'd be able to go to see the lawyer on Friday. I had uh, fortunately a very good lawyer that was recommended to me through the group. And he called, uh, or actually called him and said, uh, my flight's been canceled and I can't get out until at least tomorrow afternoon. There's no way I'm going to make it before your office closes. And the lawyer said, um, uh, well, look, you can just uh, sign this document that uh, makes me your power of attorney and I can sign the documents for you then. And it was that kind of uh, relationship that I got with some of these people where it it got to the point where I actually didn't need to do much on my own. I, I could leverage a lot of other people's time. You know, there's different ways of leveraging, right? Not just money, but you can leverage other people's time as well and get a whole lot more done. You know, that's brilliant. And almost everybody who comes into the world of business tries to figure it out on their own first, right? When you started to think about taking your expertise and bringing it out to people, you tried to do it on your own. And then you also fell into a second mistake, a second trap, which you and I talked about, in that you 
you sought out some mentors, and these mentors initially gave you some good information, but they ended up not being the right mentors for you, right? They ended up being right. folks that were you, know, you grew past them. Let's just put it that way, right? Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. a lot of people run into that, and that what they do is they try to do it alone. Then they go and they find a mentor, and the mentor is, you know, good at some level, but at another level, they're not necessarily showing them all the things they need to learn. And and I have this phrase that I use to apply to this situation, and the phrase is "Beware of the charlatan marketer." And the charlatan marketer can sound bad. It can sound like that person actually doesn't want you to succeed. And that's not necessarily the case, right? Many of them do want you to succeed. And many of them in their hearts may even believe they're giving you their best. But the truth is they don't have the full solution. And most of the people that they bring into their programs aren't actually successful. That's one of the issues that I've had in North America is that most of the folks who offer programs to people don't really have their eye on making sure those people get the outcome. They just sell the program. And the program may may have a lot of good content in it, but if it doesn't help that person get the outcome, if out of every 100 people who buy it, less than 10%, less than 10 get the outcome, then to me, they fall into the charlatan marketer camp, right? And Certainly. Um, you're really nailing it there, uh, Nikki. <laughs> Sorry, I Yeah, continue. yeah, yeah. Let me, let me, finish, <laughs> let me finish the thought, and then I, I want to get your comment on this. And then... Once these folks are burned by a charlatan marketer, the sad thing is then they, they don't trust people. And even if they run into somebody who's a good guy, like you or me, somebody who actually has a program that works, because they've been burned before, once burned, twice shy, right? Or once bitten, twice shy is really how the saying goes. Right on. And that has people that we can actually help, that we can actually make a difference for and not get that help. And stay stuck because of this experience they've had with the charlatan marketer. So I'd really like to hear your thoughts and comments on this. Yeah. So you know what? I, I actually believe that a lot of uh, people out there, even some of these charlatan marketers, have some great strategies. You know, they're, they've they've heard them from somewhere else, maybe. But uh, I really believe that a lot of the programs, even that they're offering, uh, if you take some of the advice, you can you can make some money from it. But uh, you know what? I I found that that's missing from a lot of of what I learned and. It's it's more of a of a carry through, and it actually coming from a place of real expertise. I learned that the the first mentor that I that I hired, for example, was was kind of a has been. He used to invest in real estate. I think he lost a lot of money in doing what he was doing, um, and then decided to to start a club and start teaching, which I thought was uh, interesting when I learned about that later on. Uh, I didn't know that at the time, but then um, I joined a club there and and hired a mentor through the club. Uh, and then I joined another club and, uh, it's a big club that's Canadian wide. Uh, I was a member of that club for, for a long time. Um, but I found that most of the people that were in the club were really more like praying, uh, looking for clients or like mainly uh, realtors looking for people to uh, believe that they have the best, uh, investment options for them to buy real estate through them. Uh, of course to get the commissions from the real estate. Um, and there are other clubs out there that I've seen that are, are very focused on that kind of strategy. The clubs actually run by real, real estate brokerages and, uh, are telling people that they don't even need to find cash flowing properties. They just need to 
to buy something and hold it, wait for the value to go up and then sell it for a big profit down the road, which to me is totally wrong strategy. Then there, I mean, there's, there's a, a, a club that I joined there, you know, they get you to do things like write books and stuff like that, or trying to sell you stuff that helps them make money and, and, and ultimately makes you no money and have even sold uh, properties that later people found out were, were completely worthless which just blows my mind. How can you have a club and sell them garbage like that? I mean, it it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, guys out there are talking about how many deals they did in their first year of investing. And then later you find out that it was a big uh, Ponzi scheme and they were charged by the OSC. So, <laughs> you know, these are the kinds of people that people are following out there. And some of them are still out there today doing that. So I got, actually got kind of of tired of working with some of these so-called, uh, as you say, charlatan marketers and these club leaders that aren't even run by people that are real estate investors and decided to do my own thing from there, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's when you first approached me, you know, you uh, you were always very gracious about the folks that you'd work mm -hmm. with and you, you, you're you a very classy guy. You don't, you don't want to badmouth anybody and you don't talk about that. And I really respect that. But well, at the you. same time, the thing that I really get is how righteously indignant you were at all this. And I believe that's powerful because one of the reasons I started doing what I do is because I'd been in so many programs that I did what they told me and it didn't work. You know, and that blew me away. Am I, at first I thought, am I doing something wrong? Did I do it wrong? Maybe it's me. And I really, really looked at that. And in some cases, there were things I did wrong, and, and, and I adjusted them, and I got some results. And listen, not every program I got into didn't give me results. In fact, a lot of the programs I got into gave me results, maybe not the ultimate type of results I was looking for, but they were all cumulative. I learned something from each of them, and I built the, the, the suit of armor, as it were, for me based on fragments that I got from each of these programs. Right? Sure. And that's a very good point, Nikki. You know, I, I, although I, 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 I think a lot of the programs and, and people that I followed, you know, it didn't work out. And, uh, uh, I don't even believe some of them were, you know, should be out there uh, doing what they do, but, uh, it's all these bits and pieces that we put together that, uh, that make us who we are today and uh, made us follow this path that led us to where we are now. It's, it's a learning experience, right? I heard someone say, you know, smooth seas don't make great sailors. And I think that the rough seas have made me a great sailor. <laughs>
It is brilliant. And resistance is implacable. It's like the shark in Jaws. It's like Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator in the original Terminator movie. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. And it absolutely will not stop until it destroys your dreams and ambitions if you let it. So you and I, we've got to recognize that. And we've got to show the people that resistance is what's getting in their way and that our job is to help them overcome that resistance. Because Steve Pressfield says that Every entrepreneur at his or her core is an artist and every artist has to deal with resistance. Every mother has to deal with resistance. There's the mother she is and the mother that she could be, right? Every father has to deal with resistance. There's a father he is, there's the father he could be. Every investor has to deal with resistance. There's the investor he or she is and the investor he or she could be. And as Mm -hmm. long as what we do And I really believe this. And honestly, part of the message modification of what we do inside E-Circle Academy is going to be all about that, is we're the ones who help you identify resistance within you, and we help you kick the living daylights out of it, day in and day out, so that you get to win, you get to live life as the best version of yourself. And I've always been excited about working with you, Brian, because you're that guy. You get up every day <laughs> and some days resistance kicks the tar out of you, but you still sure get does. up and you still go to work. And that's the difference between a warrior, right? And a, and a wannabe. And mm-hmm. Steve Pressfield said that in ancient times, the king of Sparta was King Leonidas, right? He He's the, the king that was made famous by Gerard Butler in the movie 300, right? And they asked him, what is the the essential virtue that every warrior has to have? The essential virtue, the one thing, the, the keystone virtue that all other virtues flow from. And you know what King Leonidas said? He said, contempt for death. And I think that every artist, every warrior, and Steve Pressfield said this, so it's not original to me, every entrepreneur the key essential virtue that we have to have on a day-to-day basis is contempt for failure because failure is going to happen. The only question is, are you going to let failure knock you out of the game or are you going to contemptuously spit in its face and say, you got me today, but I'm going to get you tomorrow, you know? And it's a beautiful and brilliant thing. It's it's almost like General U.S. Grant back in the U.S. Civil War, the Battle of Shiloh, when he was going against the Confederates. And that day, he launched an assault, and, and it failed on day one. And they said, you know, one of, one, of, one of his staff came up to him and said, General, tough day today. We got, we, got, we, got, we got the tar kicked out of us today. And he said, yep, yep, yep. He was just sitting calmly with his back against the tree, you know, smoking his pipe or a cigar or whatever he smoked back in the day. And he says, but we'll look him tomorrow, though. And that's the attitude of a winner. And that's the attitude that I see in you. And I believe that's what you bring to your clients. Yes, Nikki. And, you know, of course, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that. And uh, speaking of, of which, I really loved uh, Brian Skidmore's book, uh, WTF, Willing to Fail. Yes. <laughs> uh, I really addressed that well, I thought. And uh, I, I've been looking for ways to adopt some of those methodologies into my own business. So it's interesting that you bring that up. Yeah, no, it's 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 truly fantastic. Um, I'm a huge, huge fan of uh, Brian Scudamore, and it was really wonderful to interview him on this podcast. It was great to have him do that talk for us at E Circle uh, back in the day. 
you know, I, I recorded that talk and we still have it. We we need we need to make that available to uh, to all our members and past mm-hmm, members because it's mm-hmm. it, it, it's a fantastic talk. He's he's truly a spectacular person. And hey, his first name's Brian. He's got to be a good guy, right? <laughs> he's got to be a good guy. How can you have a name like Brian and not? <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So. Listen, I understand that we're having a world premiere announcement from you today on this podcast. I'm very excited about that. So please go ahead and make it. Um, yeah. So I mean, we, we're a relatively new club. I did start a real estate investment club called Creek, uh, for short, C-R-E-I-C. That is short for the Canadian Real Estate Investment Club, which you can go uh, visit at www.creek.ca. Uh, and um, we, we so we have a membership uh, club there. And we've just decided to announce a new program specifically for people on this podcast, as well as uh, uh, new members that are coming in, where... Uh, um, we're going to get you your first first investment property, get you on the on the path to financial freedom, get you on the on that path to transition out of your job as you call it, Nikki, um, and uh, get you into your first investment property. And we're going to get that for you in three months. Um, if for whatever reason you follow the program and you're not satisfied, there is going to be some sort of a rebate program. We're still working out the, the details on that, um, but keep you as a member of the club so that you can continue to work at it. Um, we're very focused because we've, we've, we've been members of other clubs and we've seen how uh, a lot of people are spending money and not getting results. So we're, we're very focused on making sure that people get results in our club. We don't want people walking away saying, yeah, I tried it and it didn't work. And worse yet, we don't want people walking away and putting bad reviews on Google and, uh, and out there on the internet. We have no problem with you guys Googling our uh, club or Googling our names and uh, seeing the kind of results you get there. Because we know that not everybody out there uh, can say the same thing. You know what? That's very, very true. And what's cool about this program that you have and that I really like is that you're saying that if someone has been thinking about getting their first investment property, what you're saying is within 90 days, they will have that first investment property. They follow your coaching. They follow what you say in the program. Within 90 days, they will have that first investment property, right? That's right. That's right. That's a pretty bold promise, right? And listener, if you've been thinking about investing in real estate and it's been a thought in the back of your mind, you may want to go through the application process to get a hold of Brian. So Brian, we're going to get a link for them to be able to use to get on your calendar, right? And they've got to, they've got to fill out an application just so you make sure they're serious about this, right? And they're not just wasting their time and yours, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. So do you know what link we're going to use or are you going to give that to me later and we'll put it in the show notes? Um, it will be uh, at creek.ca slash members um, and then click on uh, just schedule a call now. There'll okay. be probably some updates on that. So creek.ca slash members. And then there's a button that says schedule a call now. Okay, that's simple enough. So listener, make sure you take advantage of this, right? And I believe you're saying this initial visioning call to help them create their vision for a very powerful future for themselves, being financially free through real estate investment is absolutely free, right? You're not charging for this. This is normally something you could charge for and would charge for, but you're not, right? 
Exactly. So, and of course, we normally have an hourly fee for our coaching. But in this case, uh, what I want to offer to your uh, to your listeners, Nikki, is to schedule a 45-minute call with me uh, to help you guys understand your position, where what you have to work with, uh, how you can get into your first investment property, and talk about it from there. If you're already a real estate investor or you already have some properties, uh, we'll look at what you have and see what we can do to, to restructure your portfolio, get you moving in the right direction so that you're uh, making some serious wealth going forward that is uh, improving your net worth position as well as uh, increasing your passive cash flow. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So, listener, make sure that you go to the show notes at uh, thethoughtleaderrevolution.com. All this information will be there. Or you can just go to creek.ca, C-R-E-I-C.ca forward slash members and push on the button that says schedule your call now. It's that simple. So, Brian, we like to end off each and every single one of our interviews by asking you as our guest expert to give our listener, your top three expert action steps. These are your best three pieces of advice to help them move forward in life or in business. So what do you say? Okay. So yes, absolutely, Nikki. Uh, And I think um, my number one piece of advice actually comes from my uh, what I call my investment priority formula. And the number one priority in your investment priority formula is yourself. Invest in yourself first. And that is my my utmost uh, uh, piece of advice because, you know, they can take anything away from you. You can lose all your assets. You can lose your house, your job and everything, but they can't take away what's in your head. If you know how to make money, you can easily start up and do it all over again. Right. So invest in yourself first. But it's the skills that pay the bills. <laughs> That's super important. I love it. Number two, surround yourself with like-minded people. If you're a pro basketball player and you want to become a pro tennis player, you don't continue to hang around with the basketball guys, right? You start hanging around with the tennis guys. So next thing I'm, I'm saying is find a club or, or a peer group that you uh, you believe in. And, and I always say, check what's behind the curtain. Always try to understand what's in it for the other person or for the, the group that you're joining. Um, because I don't want you guys joining a club where uh, it's run by a realtor and they're telling you things like um, uh, just buy a property and hold it and you'll be able to sell it down the road. I mean, we're looking for for quicker gains than that. We want something that's cash flowing and you want something that's not uh, recommended by someone who has incentive to get you into a property for other reasons, right? Either they're partnered with developers and selling uh, new new projects and stuff like that. So, um, but the, the key there is find a peer group, find a group that works for you and uh, and start surrounding yourself with people who have similar visions and goals. Yeah, that one's music to my ears. As you know, it's what I say to people. It's a little <laughs> self-serving because I have them come and join our programs, which are peer groups in uh, by definition and in nature, but absolutely. That's fantastic. So give us more. Give us your third one. And the third one is uh, find a mentor. Uh, every great person out there who wants to be successful does it with a mentor. Um, you know, look at uh, Olympic athletes and and pro uh, sports players and anyone. It applies to real estate as well. So I found that struggling on my own was was difficult. Uh, but it wasn't until I found a mentor that things really started taking off. Even though he wasn't the ideal mentor, he was able to introduce me to people. Um, he was able to introduce me to people who had money to, that would uh, invest in other properties with me, people that would uh, actually buy my deals for an assignment fee. Uh, he was able to introduce me to real estate lawyers, other realtors, and and uh, people like that. And it just uh, exponentially 
uh, helped me grow in that area. And I can't stress that enough for you as well, especially if you're relatively new and you're looking to get started. Having that kind of guidance uh, will, will get you there a whole lot faster. Awesome. Those are three fantastic expert action steps. I love them. So, Brian, it's been a pleasure having you here on this podcast. You're awesome. I mean, it's amazing to have you in our community at East Circle Academy. You've been one of our superstars. You've helped a lot of people. You become very successful. And what you've learned makes a difference for people. That's why it's such an honor to work with you. And to Thank help you so much, you, yeah, it's my pleasure, really. And the thing that I love best about you is that you've got a heart of gold. You are a true heart leader. You lead from the heart in everything that you do. And the world needs more of that. So thank you. Thank you for joining us today. It's really been great having you here. Thank you so much, Nikki. I appreciate this opportunity. Oh, yeah, you bet, my friend. You bet. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's amazing guest, the one and only Brian Dion, go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com, check out the show notes, and to take advantage of this incredible opportunity for his program to help you get your first real estate investment property within 90 days, he is offering a free visioning call to help you create that vision and execute on it. You got to go to creek.ca forward slash members and click on a button that says schedule your call now make sure that you do that take advantage of this you gotta go through a bit of a, a vetting process just so he makes sure that you're serious you're not wasting your time or his but that's fair right to get a, a, a free coaching session that normally is worth hundreds of dollars or even thousands of dollars so make sure that you do that and if you like brian are a thought leader or a budding or aspiring thought leader and you're wondering to yourself can I do this? Can this experience of thought leadership be lucrative for me? Can I make six figures, even seven figures a year? The answer is yes. The only thing getting in your way, honestly, the truth of the matter is, is the resistance that lives within you. The life you're living now and the life that you ought to be living are separated by this insidious force called resistance. And I've got news for you. Resistance will kick your tail unless you've got a mentor, unless you've got a great peer group. And for you to find out if what we do is a fit to help you overcome your resistance, you need to go to eCircleAcademy.com. You need to click on the button there that says, book your success call. And you need to do that. And that success call is a powerful visioning call that helps create your vision for what you want to do. It's absolutely free. Hey, on my end, like Brian, I ask you to, you know, apply and to give us some information just so I make sure you're not wasting your time or mine. And that's pretty fair since I'm giving you a free call, but go ahead and do that. Take advantage of that so that you can get past your resistance. You can get out of the life that you're living right now. And you start living the life that you should be living. Until next time, goodbye.